This is the Iyer What Now podcast, in which Mary Thompson and Jerry Thompson explore Ayurvedic principles and make them easy to understand so that you can benefit from this amazing health science. We're glad you're here. As with the other elements, we'll be discussing the qualities of someone that is more of an air person, as well as the concepts of ether. Hope you enjoy it. I am Mary Thompson, and I'm here with my brother, Jerry Thompson, and we're going to talk about Ayur what now? What is all this Ayurveda stuff? Mm-hmm. And Jerry, can you remind me what we were talking about last time? Well, I, you know, I kind of went over the step. I know last time we were talking about uh, fire and water and the different things that have those elements, which was, uh, and the elements, it would, it would include earth and what we're going to talk about today. I, I, I like to do just a brief overview of something I thought too. You know, we started uh, with sort of the background of Ayurvedic medicine and, and dosha, which is being in balance and how different things were uh, related to that. And then we talked about, I think it was the basic elements of health uh, uh, or the pillars, the pillars of health, which was food, energy, and exercise. No, that wouldn't have been it. Food, energy, and sleep. That's right. And and these I saw as the pillars of health were the ones that would really focus on your behaviors for the most part, what you do. And then we got to the elements, which is more of what's happening around you or in you, but not necessarily behavior related. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And the things that we do with our food or our behavior will either increase those elements or decrease those elements. So the elements kind of just get buffeted by our actions. Okay. Okay, good, good. So I, 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 I try to keep... Uh, 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 evaluating what we've talked about and bring it into what's being uh, brought in new. And and that's kind of where I am. So when we talk about the elements and we talked about uh, uh, fire and water so far. And um, yeah, and earth. Yeah. Earth first and then fire and then water. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, because I really appreciate your perspective, because you're coming at it fresh and kind of looking at this with with new eyes and ears Mm -hmm. and seeing things. So I really appreciate when you tell me what you're getting from what I'm saying. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Because <laughs> that's that's the best uh, signpost as to what direction I'm going. Yeah, and to make sure, mm-hmm. make sure yeah, I'm going well, the right direction. Yeah. Oh, good. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. And yeah. when we talk about the elements, it's part of what a foundational thing with Ayurveda is called five element theory, and it's okay. the theory that these elements are what make up ourselves and make up the world around us. Mm-hmm. And some of us may naturally express more of one element than another, I guess might be a way mm-hmm. to put it. Okay. That some people are earthier, they're kind of more mm-hmm. solid and stable and predictable and right. uh, dependable. And some people are more watery, which is, I think, mm-hmm. I always think of water as cohesiveness. I have a friend who is okay. kind of the glue in situation. She's the person that always brings people together and holds things Mm -hmm. together. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I think of her being a little bit more watery. And then the fiery people are those ones. I think we all know those fiery people. They're getting stuff done. Yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they burn bridges. (laughs) Yes. Okay. But I'd like to think of the fluid to being very adaptable for the water people. And they Mm -hmm. they sort of fill in where they can. And the earth is sort of solid. And then 
fire's got that energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and right. everybody's got a little of everything, but it's in different proportions. Exactly. So everybody, you're going to have all five elements because we're going to, yeah. we're just all part of nature and we see nature has all five. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And so, so we got last, two more to go. Yeah, we got yeah. two more to go. And That's so these right. last two are called, well, there's air and ether. And so I'll start with air. Okay. So each of the elements, if you remember, was an idea or a concept. And so air is the principle of movement. Mm-hmm. Only air can move by itself. Okay. Because so, like fire, I would say fire follows fuel. That mm-hmm. if I have a fuel line, my fire is going to move. But if it loses its fuel line, it goes out. It stops moving. And water will move because of gravitational flow. But once it finds that lowest point, it's not going to move from that lowest point. It's not going to say, I'd rather be up the hill than down the hill. And we can all think of earth doesn't really move as far as individual rock is not going to move unless something moves it. So air is the only element that's freely mobile that can move all on its own. It's like the gaseous form of matter. Sure. And the wind's blowing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's going. And so we can experience air. We could, we could hear wind blowing, or maybe we could feel it on our skin, mm-hmm. but we can't see the wind. We can't taste it. We can't smell it unless there's, you know, we'd see it if we see the trees moving. Yeah. Right. You see the response from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we think of people where we have air, it's going to be with the things that move in our body. So it's not the blood, but it's the movement of the blood mm-hmm. okay. is driven by air. So a person who has a faster heart rate or things move would be moving faster, they would have more air. Mm-hmm. Or if they move more variably, sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow, that could be said to be more air. Well, now, could that even apply to somebody that, um, oh, it just changes jobs all the time? or moves from location to location, uh, is in and out of relationships, would that be an air person? That would be an air person. Even if they want to rearrange the furniture all the time, they always want Mm -hmm. something to be different. They want, you know, they they wouldn't have an interest in doing the same thing two days in a row or seeing a movie again, Mm -hmm. because their mind's always really active and moving too. Okay, okay. So they might talk fast, walk fast, um yeah. change directions all the time mm-hmm. okay i think i have a little bit of air in me. <laughs> Good. See, that's what i'm hoping people are doing is start saying oh i see that in myself or maybe i yeah, don't see yeah. too much of it uh-huh. okay. okay i also think airy people have a hard time making a decision and sticking with it because there's mm-hmm. always new information and there's always mm-hmm. i didn't you know yesterday i felt like doing that but today i don't feel like doing that so i'm going to change it up Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's that difficulty to get from point A to point B. Okay. Yeah. So, so indecision would go with there. Indecision would go with there. Certainly. I think I used to work in childcare, as you as you know, Jerry, as yeah, nobody yeah, else right. may know about me. But mm-hmm. I always saw my air kids were the ones that I, they'd come outside and I'd say, you know, go in and get your jacket, and I'd never see them again. <laughs> I'd, go, <laughs> I'd have to go inside. I'd say, where did you go? And they say, well, I went to get my jacket. But then I saw that this was going on. So I went and I started doing this thing. And, and then I got busy over here. And so it's hard for an air person to go in a straight line from point A to point B because mm-hmm. there's so much stuff. It's like once you start moving, well, we can think of it like the wind. 
once the wind's blowing, it's going to go wherever that pressure takes it. It's not necessarily going to go in a single direction. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if I had a lot of air in my personality, maybe I could see it in like where my eyes go. Maybe I'm moving around. I'm always looking to see what's going on, what's coming up, what direction I want to head. Yeah. And it sounds like the opposite of air would be earth. Mm -hmm. I I could see where water and air could kind of go hand in hand, and certainly fire and air can go uh, hand in hand, but you're not likely to have air and earth uh, as a combo. Right. Probably not too much in a single person, unless they Mm -hmm. had like one part of maybe physically they were really earthy and solid and stable, but the mind was always really active. Okay. Okay. I, I think of a relationship I was in one time where I always said I was like a helium balloon tied to a rock, you know, where the, the <laughs> yeah, air would yeah. be like the helium balloon ready to uh, take off uh-huh. into space. And the uh-huh. rock was the solid, stable person that was really predictable and always mm-hmm. methodical. And, you mm-hmm. know, it was hard, hard to maintain that. Yeah. And, uh, and so we have, we all have those aspects. I really like that, you mm-hmm. know, bringing in that idea that how these elements work together so if I had too much air, that would be the person, I can't make a decision to save my life because it's always, mm-hmm. there's too many options. Right. Or I can't get, you know, maybe my heart's racing too fast if I go to something in my body. Because mm-hmm. everything that moves in the body, like I said, is moving because of air. And so that governs my nerve impulses. Mm-hmm. And if I have those going too fast, then I've got a problem. Or if they're going right. too erratically, I've got a problem. And so I want to have the right amount of air, but I too much air is going to wear me out. It'll wear out everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll wear me out. It'll wear out those people around me because I keep switching directions mm-hmm. or I keep, you know, kind of uh, moving too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a there's a term that I heard used often where the people talk about when you have a problem doing a geographic, which means if I have this problem, I'm going to fix that problem by moving away. Yeah. Okay. And that would be an air person choice would be, you know, I, I don't want the conflict. I just want to go away and start something new because the beginnings are exciting and the, then it becomes repetitive and that can be difficult. Yeah. And what comes to mind is the idea that it's usually like with an air person, what you want to do, what this person needs to do is to find ways to slow down during the day so they can kind of contain it and start to, gain some degree of self-control and when they first start doing it it's really uncomfortable mm-hmm. okay. it's like you know because that's no I, fun yeah i don't fit here yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then over time they learn oh i can be still and this gets to that pillar of health that was energy i could be still and now i can move and now i can be still again and now i can move and i learn how to control the air I learned how to direct it the way I want it to go. Okay. Great. And let's see if there's other things I can think of about air. Oh, we talked about the qualities. So okay. we look at those qualities of air. Air is cold because it doesn't generate its own heat. Okay. Air is light because it doesn't really have any form to it. So it doesn't have anything to make it heavy. Mm-hmm. We know it's mobile because it's moving. And air is dry. So if we looked at someone who had a lot of air in their constitution or air in their makeup, it might be someone who runs colder than others, runs drier than others, tends to lightness, but that could be lightness of the mind Mm -hmm. and lightness of the body or or lightness of the body. 
and then mobility, they just never stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know Any I'm going to have to eventually start taking notes. <laughs> it's getting more involved. And, and, and of course, I'm excited to get that. But I, I was, I, I, when I did my brief overview at the introduction, I forgot all about the balances of light and heavy, dry and wet, and uh, mm -hmm. mobile and immobile. And, well, this is why next yeah. week's going to be exciting, because what I yeah. want to do is bring all this into context, like how we might look at this in our lives. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it's like, because right now it's all out there in, oh, this is good because I'm going into the ether. It's all out there in the ethers. It's all out there in that <laughs> empty void. And it's hard to really grasp things when they remain so theoretical and abstract. Right. Because, okay. you know, the one thing I said with earth is like, earth is earth, but everything's stable. Everything solid right. is considered earth. And yeah. so we could yeah. say air is air, but everything that moves has got yeah. air in it. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. And so if you thought of um, animals, is there an animal mm -hmm. that you think of that moves fast or moves kind of erratically? Like if you were watching it, it's sure. going all kinds of different directions. Uh, bats, bats ah, move erratically. Erratic. Um, yeah, so yeah. bats would have more air in them than say a penguin that doesn't fly at all. Okay. You know, or I was thinking, I was thinking hummingbird, but I think oh. there's lots of birds. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to go birds in general, but yeah. Yeah, but okay, just, but something that flies just, is dependent on the air. I just made a bat a bird, so I apologize to every every uh, biologist out there that I was. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is on a side note, and maybe you might cut this later, but I heard that the uh, state bird of uh, New Zealand was decided to be a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assume, I'd like to well, think they've that got the kiwi right there yeah, sitting yeah. there going, hey guys. Yeah, well, maybe it was the national bird or something. Yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's a good point. And, and I probably am misquoting that. I, I think maybe it was supposed to be a, uh, just, I just, I like to think people in uh, uh, New Zealand are, are reasonably intelligent and they did it as a joke. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So. But I did that. I was like, no, I was thinking of a penguin uh, or yeah, yeah. the opposite. But like hummingbirds, insects have got a lot of hair in them, especially no, bees okay. on here no, and there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Grasshoppers. Indecision. Which, which uh, flower am I going to go to? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, even though they could sting, even though they got some fire there, but it's like, yeah. there's the movement. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so um, when we look at the qualities of the elements, how might Ayurveda use these? We use them to assess, like if you had a symptom um, mm -hmm. that was cold and dry and light, then my next question is, is it mobile? <laughs> Does it move around? So if I had a, a pain that, that was experienced in different places in my body, mm -hmm. you know, they might look at that as having more air quality to it. Mm -hmm. And then we assess, you know, the person and see how their food is. Is it really light and change it up all the time? They're eating in their car all the time. Yeah. You look at those qualities to see how they might be creating more air. Okay. Okay. And then just being, um, as opposed to being very earthy in one place, always going to the same restaurant, always doing the same thing over and over the mm -hmm. air persons. Maybe you might want to try to get a little bit of balance there between. The yeah. So the earthy person wants to mix it up a little bit and the airy person wants to make it more stable in order to create so, balance. It, it, to bring balance in their dosha. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. All right. Well, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> but our okay. fifth element is the tricky one because okay. we don't have, I think we're really familiar. 
earth, wind, fire, you know, we're familiar mm. with the elements of the big four, earth, water, fire, and air. But this one is one that comes in in Ayurveda that doesn't come in other places. And it's called ether. But it's the idea of spaciousness or the idea that it's the principle they say of connectivity. And I think that's where it gets a little bit confusing. And I think you and I, in order to be able to meet every week, we had to create a space in our schedules mm-hmm. that if you and I weren't meeting, there's something else you'd be doing right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So we create a space and that's the ether. And then something moves into it. It's like very rarely does a space exist in a vacuum where nothing joins it. It's something's going to come in. So I think of like our schedules, but I also think this concept of what they call connectedness. Mm-hmm. That when I think of ether, we think of the space that exists between two things mm-hmm. because it's that space that connects us. Now, with the internet, you and I are connected across the internet over a number of miles. Right. But, and we're connected over, over the ethers that there's not mm-hmm. a space. It's not like we could, if somebody walked in the middle of my driveway, it wouldn't interrupt our connection at all because okay. we're in, we're connected by something that transcends air and fire and water and earth. Okay. Yeah. And I think too, sometimes the ether connects, not only connects, but defines what the space is. So I used to make a comment when I had students in class about, you know, we're all inside a classroom and that ether of the classroom connects us and gives us an identity as a class. Mm-hmm. And I said, you so can have it, a lot of people in a, uh, on the freeway uh, and the fact that they're traveling, they don't have anything else in common. But here right. you had one focused uh, uh, in the classroom of talking about Ayurvedic medicine and which of course is the same or similar ether than what we have. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's that, so there's a reason that an ether exists. It doesn't exist without a reason or rationale. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And the ether could expand. Like we look at the internet, you and I are talking. Mm-hmm. It would be possible if I was to send out my, my link to everybody that we could have a hundred people here. Right. And we'd all be connected as this group that was logged in at this time. And so it can, it can expand or it could go down to me being all alone in the ether that you could go away and I'm still here. Yeah. And, and, and the people that would be listening to the podcast, that podcast would be the ether. I love it. We would be there. uh, um, Yet not there. Uh, mm-hmm. we, but we would be part of that ether and not part of that ether at the same time because we can yes. be part of another ether. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we're parts of lots of ethers. Um, yes. And it's that, that concept of it defines its own self. Mm-hmm. Something I used to do in class as well as I would ask the students, I said, just take your pencil and a little, little corner of your piece of paper, draw a picture of a balloon. Mm-hmm. And so they would do that. And I said, how, and at the end, I would say, how many of you drew a balloon with no air in it? And they would look at me like, what do you mean by a balloon with no air in it? And then I'd hold up a little balloon skin and say, yeah, yeah. you know, did anybody draw this little piece of latex with mm-hmm. nothing in it? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully nobody did. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever has. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day when somebody goes, oh, yeah, I drew, that's what I drew. But it's the idea that the balloon, although we go in and we buy a packet of balloons, we know mm-hmm. that they're just going to get that little latex thing. 
But in order to be a balloon, it's full up of air. It has to have an ether. <laughs> it has to have, a, I like what you said, it has to have some purpose. It has some reason yeah. for, mm-hmm. reason for being. And so, and, and that balloon could expand, expand, expand. If we had mm-hmm. limitless latex, it could expand as large or as small as the air that was inside it. Yeah. So when we think about where we have ether, it's in the spaces in our body. Mm-hmm. So think of like inside the ears, we have a space inside the ear canal. There's a space inside the cochlea. It allows us to hear. Mm-hmm. And then we have space, like we have the hollow organs, like the whole small intestine, large intestine is their spaces, but they exist to be filled up with something. Yeah. Okay. Or the kidneys, there's spaces inside the kidneys. And if we lose those spaces, we got a problem. Yeah, we do. Like if, <laughs> so. like if the pelvis of the kidney suddenly had a bunch of stones in it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. got a problem. Mm-hmm. And so we, we depend upon having a certain amount of, of space that's mm-hmm. present. And some people are really spacey. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going along well when we had it as uh, it had a definition and a reason to exist. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I'm not so, quite so sure if I'm moving the uh, understanding of the ether when you're talking about inside your body. Okay. Uh, uh, and, and is it because what happens in the kidneys is, is the issue that it filters your blood and uh, uh, removes? No, toxins? I'm literally, I'm literally talking about the space inside the pelvis of the kidney. Okay. So if we don't have that space, yeah, then it's going to block the flow. It's even the tubes, like the ureters or the bladder. So kidney stones. Yeah. yeah. There. Yeah. Say this is a hollow organ of some sort. Mm-hmm. That is the space, it's the ether that defines the purpose. You know, it's going to have a purpose, but its purpose isn't to be an empty space, like the small intestine. Mm -hmm. It's a hollow organ, but that's not its purpose. And so with the kidney, I was really going towards the pelvis of the kidney, just the little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The pocket where the water collects. Right. And it's like, but if it wasn't, if it wasn't empty, there would be a problem. The other spaces, because we don't have many empty spaces in the body. Most of it's filled up with fluid. Well, yeah, and, and and I would think that that's the case with the kidney, unless there's stones there. So mm-hmm. it, it's not like there's a void. It's just that something's blocking the uh, space. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I suppose that could be. Um, well, I don't know if this is accurate or not. You get a a blood clot in your uh, uh, circulatory system. That would be destroying the ether of that system. It I, would I'm, be. I'm yeah. It would create a blockage in a system because I, I never think of the blood vessels as being hollow, but they are. Well, and it just happens that, that they're, uh, they're hollow. They're vessels that have to be filled with blood. And it's moving. It's and it's not, moving. It's sitting still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. I think an example of a good ether problem is postpartum depression is looked at as an etheric problem from the Ayurvedic perspective. Because while the, the, infant while the fetus and all the fluids are in the in the uterus there's a really strong connection the mother feels to this there's a strong bond and a connection and then when the baby's born she has this this space that's etheric it's its purpose is no longer being served right and what we feel is a loss of connection or what someone might feel in that case is a loss of connection what mothers with postpartum depression will say is, is it doesn't seem like that's the their child 
they don't mm-hmm. feel that that connection mm-hmm. and so it's like that we get too much space we have mm-hmm. too much space between things we don't feel really connected think about your cars on the freeway mm-hmm. i'm in a traffic jam although i don't know these other people we're all in this thing yeah. together <laughs> yeah you know, and then if they're, if we're just on a Autobahn or something and they're all racing, there's no connection at all, even if it's a positive or negative connection. Yeah. But um, so Ayurveda looks at like a postpartum depression is an etheric problem that we need to reduce the ether inside the woman's body. Mm-hmm. And so they have protocols they do after birth where they might do massage or they do what they call belly binding, which is wrapping the body in, in cloth to kind of put some pressure and help the body to restore back to that smaller uterus state. Is that part of uh, an Ayurvedic practice, or is that just something we just know? Um, I, I, I don't understand the, the question. Person, I don't. Well, when you said they, they, they bind the abdomen after the mm-hmm. birth, it, is that associated directly to Ayurvedic medicine? Because I, I just haven't heard of that practice before. Oh, you haven't heard of that? It's yeah. found in a number of countries. Maybe I find it more commonly in... Eastern and Middle Eastern countries mm-hmm. okay. that um, the belly binding is really just wrapping a cloth around tightly. So they put a uh, kind of almost like a girdle, but it's done with a, with a single cloth and that way it holds everything in. It reduces the um, open space that's yeah. there. Okay. So yeah, that's and an that's... Ayurvedic. Ayurveda has this protocol for 40 days after birth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and it's with the idea of addressing that, loss of space that the baby had and its loss of uh, ether. Uh, yeah, well, we'd actually say the mother now has too much ether. She has an empty too space where she's not yeah. supposed to have an empty space. Okay. But it wasn't empty just a moment ago, and now it's empty. And so... Now, now would that uh, be consistent with saying that somebody that had a career that was their identity and an engineer that was seen very important, and then now he's home and... Uh, doesn't have anything to do. Is that a loss of ether of his identity? Uh, or am I getting too abstract? I, I actually really like that you're getting abstract because I think that's okay. what ether is. I think it's this abstraction because my mind, as soon as you were asking that, I was just kind of going retirement. Yeah. Like when we have something we're doing, we have this really strong connection. We have the ether, that identity or that purpose. Mm-hmm. And then when we retire, it's almost like what we would say is they have too much ether is they have all these different choices. So they can't choose anything because it's like, there's too much space. There's no strong connection with anything. So then the engineer, for example, loses that job and there's too much space. And so when they find a new job, they become happier because it's, Mm -hmm. it's difficult to be happy when we have no connection. Okay. And so the ether kind of allows it. Yeah. Emptiness syndrome would be a similar uh, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I've never thought of these. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, okay, so I'm getting it. Yeah, I've yeah. lost my purpose. I had a purpose as a mm-hmm. parent, and now I've got this empty nest, and I'm not going to be yeah. really feel connected to my life again or my purpose again until I find a new place to put my intention. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And if we look at I had talked about when I first was going to talk about the five elements, I was going to go from earth to ether because ether is kind of the hardest one to grasp. Right. But if we look at the cosmology of the universe, you know, how the universe is formed, we go from ether. We got this big empty space, the black hole. Yeah. 
and something moves in it. And so the, the space was the ether, the movement was the air. Okay. And once air starts to move, there's a degree of friction, mm-hmm. we could say, and that generates heat. And now the heat's going to cause coalescing of any minerals that are in there and cause like the, the beginning of form. And it begins to be a really fluidic, amorphous form that finally solidifies into a planet. You know, so it's like that we look at how, how planets are formed. It goes from the ether. It goes from nothing or space. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is after the big bang. <laughs> Second yes. Yeah. Okay. After the Big Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the so then there's all the vastness yeah. or the uh, emptiness. Right, right, and then and then it slowly but surely just the uh, gravitational forces or whatever pulled mm-hmm. uh, particles together, and the particles became uh, a, a mass that gathered, and then uh, it yeah. got too big. It created stars because it kind of crushed it out itself. Mm-hmm. Not, not that astrophysics is my thing. <laughs> well, probably, probably every anyone who knows any physics listeners is going. Oh, yeah, I don't know about the air there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. but, but again, yeah. it's not air. Air. It's just yeah, the yeah. principle of movement that yes. something is okay. moving. Mm-hmm. And so we look at these five elements, and where five element theory becomes foundational is oh, I forgot to do my qualities with ether. So ether is cold and it's dry and it's light. And it's not really mobile. It just expands based on what's it holding or what's its identity or it contracts based on what's its identity. But so we take these principles and we begin to understand, you know, what's at play in the person. A person who had too much ether, they can't really, I mean, we had an indecisive person with the air because they kept moving back and forth between two choices. But the person with ether has just no connection of what's my purpose. What is that? What, what can I choose? How can I, how can I choose? There's just, everything seems okay. Sometimes I get too etheric. And what I find happens for me around ether is I could talk to you and you will express your opinion. And I think that sounds 100% correct. I am, I am totally aligned with that. And then a few minutes later, I will talk to another person who holds a different point of view. And I think, yeah, that makes sense too. (laughs) And then somebody will ask me, what's your opinion? It's like, well, I don't know because they (laughs) both really good. Yeah. yeah. Little A, little B. Yeah. 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 So the etheric person often can't see differences. They just see similarities because it's all connected. And you might see these people as being very uh, spacey is the best word I come up with is, is they make weird connections to things. You say, you ask them a question and they might answer out of left field, you know, and you just are not sure where it came from because them being in that etheric mind space, they make connections to things that don't seem to be connected to other people. So if you know someone who, when you ask them a question and they answer something that makes no sense whatsoever, you could now say, this person probably has a lot of ether in the mind and they're making connections that I can't make because I have less ether. And really in order to focus on our lives, it's kind of like we have a lot of ether or it just keeps getting more and more and more Mm -hmm. um, reduced until we're very single pointed focus that we, we, don't see anything. We can't see the things that are outside of that circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I get the idea, and, and it's that that openness 
uh, it can be a positive thing because new things can come in and it keeps you open for other ideas. But then it can also mean that you're so scattered that you can't figure out which direction you're going. Uh, right. ether, a lot of ether and a lot of air. And boy, you're all over the place. Yeah. So we come back and we talk about the doshas again. We're going to find out what are these ether, etheric, airy people like? And, you know, what are the positive qualities? Because we'll talk about that with the doshas. What are their positive qualities and what are their challenges? And before we get there, we'll take um, uh, one of our sessions and look at these pairs of opposites and the elements and see how we can contextualize it so people can actually see it in their lives, in what they're doing, so we can have a better understanding of ourselves going in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So oh, great. Okay, so we've got earth, water, uh, fire, ether, and air. Mm-hmm. Does it matter what order they're in? Well, kind of. You did them almost correctly. Okay, so it's because yeah, earth is the most stable. Okay, earth. Oh, water, oh, so we're going from stable to less stable. Okay. Yeah, so go stable to less stable. The water is less stable than earth. It can move a little bit much. Okay, it flows. Earth, water. And then and then fire is less stable than those. And it's the fire. transforming element. Okay. Air then is the moving element. And yeah. ether is the space that contains all of these. Okay. Good deal. So yeah. But nobody's, but there are no elemental police that will come along and take you away. <laughs> <laughs> I feel safe with that. But I, I get the idea. It goes from more stable to less stable. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we'll pick up and look more at the qualities and see what we can do to make it really contextual. I guess that I'm getting a handle on it. And um, there are areas that, uh, uh, so today we certainly talked about the elements and I've got a good handle on the elements. And it was uh, uh, trying to find a balance between these is what we uh, got between the uh, earth, water, earth, water, fire, air, and earth. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Internet, no, it's Esther. I, I, geez, ether, 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 yeah. ether, ether. Okay, ether, is it ether just like uh, uh, what they used to use? For, just like uh, what you smell, yeah. You smell, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, for anesthesia. Okay, ether, ether. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what's really funny is you think of an yeah. atom, an atom yeah. like the nucleus of the atom and stuff. So mm-hmm. I remember hearing that. If the nucleus of an atom was the size of an orange mm-hmm. and you put it on the 50-yard line in a football stadium, yeah. the electrons would be orbiting it in the parking lot oh. around the outside of the stadium. Like there's so that much. Close. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I, I was thinking it was going to be in Mars or something. <laughs> no. No, okay, so it's in the parking lot. Okay. So yeah. all this space between the, yes. the nucleus mm-hmm. and where the electrons are. And okay. they said, and that space is filled with and they named it subatomic ether. ether. So it's, okay. just, it's just space. Okay, so that's a, that's a term of space. And then the space mm-hmm. can be, uh, 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 the space has some kind of purpose is the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It, allows, it allows for the movement of the electrons. Without space, mm-hmm. they couldn't move. Without them moving, they okay. couldn't, we couldn't and like, and like I say, because we're getting so many concepts, I'm going to have to start taking notes. <laughs> We're gonna have to. Well, hopefully, when we make it, when we talk about it in real life terms, it'll yeah. it'll be make make more sense. That should be. Well, looking forward to it. Thank you, and thank you so much, Jerry. I really appreciate 
your your insights. You got me very excited about some principles today. And that's, mm-hmm. I always like that. You know, you find out you talk about something for 20 years and someone tells you something, you go, I never thought of it like that. It's, it's very <laughs> yeah. exciting. Well, I, I'm glad you've, you've filled up an ether in my life of uh, learning new stuff. And uh, so I'm excited about that too. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Anyone who's listening, this is Mary Thompson and Jerry Thompson with I Your What Now, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash iyourwhatnow. You can always find us for free wherever you find your podcasts. And remember to subscribe so you'll have access to the latest episodes. We're glad you're here.